Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. Jay is here with me, and I am Mike. No McLean tonight. He is stuck working late. He said he was going to be a pod time decision and is a late, healthy scratch. So, just the two of us tonight. So, just two of us. Oh, God, this is off to a terrible start. Jay's singing already. <laughs> That's never good. That's worse than the, hey, Jay, how you doing? Good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but it's different. It's different. That's for sure. We'll we'll take that one off the list. Jay's singing. Okay. Tried that. Didn't work. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out a great new intro for this podcast one day. One day. One day. One day. So, Ryder Cup. Feeling. Ryder Cup week. It's like my favorite event of the year every other year um it's it's just i love it i I really do i like this event more than any of the majors way more than the president's cup president's cup just not the same we kind of talked about that last year it's just this event is is cool and different and i don't know it's awesome just awesome yeah every hole is like a big deal you know i mean obviously but then you've got that across you know, however many matches are going on at one time, four in the morning, four in the afternoon. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, just different. I mean, you know, this isn't the crushers and the four races going after it, but these are two teams, you know, that we care about. Oh, yeah, you're wearing your high flyer shirt. What, you didn't have an American shirt? No USA shirt, Jay? Wrong, t- wrong team format. The first thing in my... uh in my dresser, so I pulled it out. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just the camaraderie and the the fans and and I'm sure I've told this story, you know, a couple of years ago when we did the Ryder Cup uh, preview show. Then, um, you know, I had a chance to go in in 2012 at Medina, which did not end the way we wanted it to. But we were there for practice rounds on Thursday, all day Friday, and then all day Sunday. And it's it's like a college sporting event. You know, it's a college football game. It's an NFL game. It's just ruckus, loud. Everyone's into it. You know, yeah. everyone's rooting for the same side, essentially. You know, you'll have the Euros. And obviously this week we'll have some Americans over there. But, you know, it's a home game, away game. It's it's just cool. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You, you nailed it. I mean, it's... it. It's just a different level of energy, I feel like, which is kind of neat. Like I said, it's it's a little bit more intimate. You've got you only have twelve guys, and you only have four matches going on uh, at any given time, other than the you know the singles on Sunday. So you get to hear the interaction between the players a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously we're 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 getting to see a little bit more of the uh, the emotion, I guess. Uh, for whatever reason, this is it probably started. Um, with the with the win in 99 at, at Brookline, don't you think? I mean, because before that, it was, I mean, I know it was emotional, but like once they came, they had that huge comeback, um, then it was yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty emotional back in the 80s and early 90s with Seve and those guys. And, you know, there was the whole um, war by the shore there. What was that, 91 at Kiowa? That, that got pretty testy. Um but yeah, 99 was kind of the one. Actually, so I got two screens in front of me. Actually, I got two computer screens in front of me. Then I got two TVs in front of me. And I get the live from 
on one on mute with some closed captions. And then the other one, I actually put on the 1999 Ryder Cup on YouTube. And I have that going on just to get the, ju- get the juices flowing here. And there's like Hal Sutton right now, just fist pumping, pointing at the hole, like just awkward white guy, old man trying to be cool. Like, hey, Tiger Woods on our team. He does this. You know, and and that was like you had to guys like Davis Love and Jeff Maggart, David Duvall, who just never fist pumped in their life. All of a sudden, were just going crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't. Yeah, maybe I misspoke. I don't. I think they. It's definitely emotional, but like I feel like it's gotten rowdy in the last couple yeah. of years, like with players like you know buying into it and like like talking to the crowd more like, you know, trying to pump the crowd up, you know, chugging beers, you know, I saw the clip of <laughs> burger and, and Justin Thomas. I don't think it was maybe, was that four years ago? They did that. Um, uh, was that two years ago? I was it was that two years ago. Um, so, I mean, that's like maybe, and that's probably just a little bit of a you know, change in times, but I mean, you would never see <laughs> a PJ tour player. 20 years ago, if somebody throws a beer and like, they pick up and pick it up and chug it. Well, definitely I mean, not on the American side because we've uh, been stiff as can be in this competition for a while. Now, maybe that's why we're starting to have a little more success is they're a little bit more loose and laid back. And it was the the Euros always seemed to be the cool, fun ones, you know. But what was the, you know, there was an old an old saying uh, in in Boston for the Red Sox, you know, 27 players, 27 cabs, you know, after the game was over, everyone just kind of left it their own thing. They weren't really much of a team. Yeah. Kind of how, how the Americans felt there for a while it was 12 players, 12 cabs. And now that that's, that's kind of changing uh, with, with this new guard, if you will, this new young crop of players. Now that that old, you know, let's Frank, let's, let's face it. Phil and Tiger weren't great in Ryder cups. You know that neither of them really they totally bought in to the whole team aspect and were more about themselves and you know and then I think one now the talent's just way better. You, you look at like Jeff Maggart, really like he was on a Ryder Cup team. You know like it was what was that one in like two thousand four? Was it oh oh six? Was like JJ Henry and Von Taylor like. Brett Wetterick were on a team. Like what are we? What is this? I was kind of like looking back at some of these old teams like. That Frederick, what is that guy doing these days? Jeez, he's selling used cars. I don't know what. What like? <laughs> no wonder why we were getting our ass because we had those guys on the team. Like, so I don't know. Anyways, what's let's, let's kind of get into this year more specific. What? Give me a general sense you have of each team. You know, we've talked a lot about these teams kind of in the last couple months leading into it. Do you have any? change your sense of how they're stacking up shaping up just a kind of general big picture i think i think the u.s team is deeper um i think they're we're really good all the way down to our golf guy uh whereas i feel like european team they're pretty top heavy i mean you've got two of honestly you could say three of the top five players in the world in terms of how they're playing right now between John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and Victor Hovland. And then you throw the rookie Aberg in there. That guy could be playing the best golf of anybody. Yeah. So, you know, so now you throw, I mean, on, on the top end, I feel like they're really strong. Um, 
And, you know, I think once you get down to the bottom of that, that list, you've got some unknowns with McIntyre and Straka and, you know, it's, I, you know, Hogard. Yep. I mean, I did it's going to be interesting. I, honestly, I feel like, and again, I know we'll probably kind of dive into this, but in terms of strengths of 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 the teams, I feel like this is a great golf course, really, for the U.S. In a sense that we may not have to play, you know, our top guys for five straight matches because it's such a demanding, you know, walk. I feel like it's it's to our advantage to have a, a a deep deep team that like hey we're gonna rotate this between everybody we're all gonna play everyone's gonna play three to four matches and you know may not have to have somebody play five matches so they stay fresh into Sunday because we all know I mean you can do you can play really really good golf leading up to it and let's just say they they have Rom and Rory and um, and Aberg I don't know if Aberg will play five matches being a rookie I guess it just depends on how he's playing but. Um, you got Hoblin. If they all four of those guys play all four matches, and then they get to Sunday, and these are your your these are your your dogs, your heavy hitters, and now they're kind of worn out. You know, you they have to win if you want to win the Ryder Cup. If if you don't win three out of the four of those matches, then you're screwed. So I, you know, like the more and more I keep, I, I originally I thought I was like I felt like the the Euros had the advantage, uh, but the more I kind of look at it, I think it's a little bit it's a little closer. It's a little bit more even than I thought because of that, because of the way they've set up the golf course uh, and, and the the difficulty of, of the terrain and walking the golf course. I think it kind of bodes well for the U S having a, a deeper squad. Um, I feel like, you know, even Brian Harmon, like you throw that guy on there. I mean, he did win the British open, but he can beat anybody on that, that opposing team and any, any of them. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like the golf course is only seventy one hundred yards. Now it's a it's a quirky seventy one hundred yeah. yards from everything I've seen and heard and read. Um, kind of some pinching, some dog legs. Uh, there's like three or f- maybe even f- close to four drivable par fours, which I think it's going to be a, a fun course to watch from a match play standpoint. I know there's been a lot of bashing of the course just in general, as you know, you know, the architecture nerds are, are, are bashing it. It's probably not the greatest design golf course, our Tom Fazio. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty entertaining from a match play standpoint because we're not really there to see the golf course. It's not like we're we're playing the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club or you know Marion or Oakmont or what whatever you know. Yeah, it's they- not really going to be much of the story. It's going to be the matches that's going to be the story. So, um, but yeah, you're right with the. The, the hilliness they're talking about on this golf course. You, the Six months ago, I would have told you the USA was going to win in a route. Yeah. And then lately, I've been leaning towards, well, this, the way both teams are playing, players from Euro are, are playing better. Um, yeah. They've had a better lead in here. They've, they've had a couple events for a couple of these guys in, in Europe where the Americans have been off for a month. And you yeah. never know what how what are they doing for that month how much are they preparing they they need a break but how long is that break how do you do that you yeah know? I mean, how many of the players played at the the 40 the 40 net it was homa and justin yeah, thomas that was, and it. that was it we only had two players that have played in the last month yeah that's not great not great no especially in that first day 
when you're nervous as hell as everyone that has everyone that's commented on this. I mean, even, even the, you know, the guys who are, who like a tiger or Sergio in the past, even though these guys have played in the most strenuous, stressful situations. And they still say it's like, it's like the most uh, stressful situation to tee off for your country, you know, that first day or any, any, any day for that matter. But yeah. Like, okay. And now you're going to go in and not have not played a whole lot of competitive golf. And let's just walk into the, you know, the Ryder cup on foreign soil and let's, let's just go at it. We're, we're ready to go. Right. We're, our games are sharp. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just don't know what form they're in. It's uh, that's a kind of a, another big question mark. Not, not to mention that their games probably weren't as sharp last time we saw them anyways, as, as they should have been. Um, so yeah, I, I think obviously just winning on the road, quote unquote, you know, winning in Europe is really hard. Obviously we haven't done it in 30 years. <laughs> so it, it, I think it's going to be a very close Ryder cup. You're right. The euros are, I think way like if you were to draft these players or do a power rankings of these players, you're going to get, I would almost argue, I would put the top three euros as one, two, three. Yeah. You I mean, know, the way- been putting and i don't love that our like our big our big hitter our number one is switched again to a third putter i mean you're right i feel like that kind of drops him back to almost four or five and especially i mean obviously he's been doing really well tita green he's hitting the ball great but we know how match play is and the guys who make putts are the guys who win and if you're not making putts then yeah i heard I heard Trevor Rimmelman talking about it, you know, playing against the Americans last year. And he was talking how he he did a deep dive on the stats, not only leading into it, but then even after it was over, just kind of looking at it. And he's like, it's it's about who made the putts. He goes, the Americans were strokes gained putting were uh, plus 28 for the President's Cup. And so- <laughs> the pres- and the um, international team was plus five. There you go. There he goes. That's pretty much the difference. When we looked at the numbers after it, it was pretty much putting. <laughs> he goes, it. all the other numbers were pretty damn close. Yeah. So, yeah, you get Scotty who hires a new putting coach or hires a putting coach, which is great. He needs it. He's tinkering now with a longer putter, choking down on it, bigger grip, new posture, new arm angles. I think I like a lot of the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. Well, is he experimenting at the Ryder Cup? You know, like, <laughs> like is this what I will say that you know? I mean, it can't get worse. That's what I mean. Like, it was it was so bad before. It's like, okay, well, maybe you go in this with a real fresh, and maybe you you love it and you're confident in it because it's new and you can ride it this week. And um, you know, you never know when it comes to that. But yeah, it's yeah, it is a tough time to make the switch. But at some point, you're, like you said, it's like it can't get any worse. You got to rip the bandaid off and. Got something. Anything is better than what he was doing before. I mean, I've never seen a guy hit so many good-looking putts that don't go in from like four to eight feet. And, and that's the thing. It's like it doesn't look bad. It's not. There's no yip to it. There's no. The rhythm for the most part looks pretty good. The putter face is not doing anything weird. It's just like I, I don't know if he's just really poor at reading the greens. But again, those are the little ones. Like you feel like especially on the greens that they play on, it's pretty it's left edge, right edge, you know, for these putts from four to four to eight feet. It's just so clean. They're so, the greens are so good. It can't, it's not going to break, but so much. 
I don't know. I, I know we talked about. It. I think he made a comment. Somebody was caddying for him, and you know, the caddy looked at him and said, "You know, I think it's, I think it's on the edge." And then Scotty's at which edge? Yeah. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> not good. There's no one player in the world, and you don't know which way a putt's breaking. Is it's, yeah. um. So yeah, I just don't love that he's not putting great. Uh, I don't love that you know they've all had this long layoff. So the the Euros are top heavy, but you're right. They're gonna they're gonna need a couple of these guys to go five matches. I think yeah. to have a have a chance, and they're gonna be just what do they have left in the tank come Sunday afternoon? Oh. You know, I kind of I'm kind of looked at that with you know our picks and stuff this week, but I know we'll we'll get into that. But I you, you kind of look at who do you think is capable of handling that on both teams and maybe even the U S maybe they don't need it, but for the, the euros, what guys here are your, the guys that, that one are, are the best golfers two are in a position or physically fit to play five matches and still play at their peak. And I mean, there's a few guys that kind of stand out to me, but um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah, I think obviously it has to, for both of these squads, obviously they put a lot into the pairings and who's going to play what, but it's got to kind of go to script, right? You know, I, yeah. I think I think for obviously this is going to be a Captain Obvious statement here, but for either team to stay on script, you got to have a lead, right? You know, after day one, so you can then, okay, we have, not that you're going to take off a session, but maybe put a slightly weaker pairing out there to give a guy like Hovland Saturday afternoon off. Yeah. Or, you know, if they don't have a lead, they don't, they're not going to have that luxury to do that. Exactly. Yeah. You've got a game plan. And depending on how well you play that first day is going to determine whether or not you have to pivot and, and back off of that, you know? Um, yeah, that's yet to be seen. Obviously, once the tournament starts, we'll kind of see how it unfolds. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the more and more I've looked at it, it's like, I always used to think about, you know, doing probability and, and math. And when I was a kid, I was like, you know, flipping a coin heads or tails is roughly 50, 50. I mean, there was, there's some statisticians that would say otherwise because of the weight of the coin depends on what coin, what side's heavier, yada, yada, yada. For the most part, it's 50, 50, right? Um, and I always, you know, when I play like roulette, I'm like, I usually bet the outside, you know, even money bets, black, black, red, odd, even, you know, lowers, uppers. Um, but I've, I've watched, you know, 15 or 20 reds hit in a row. I've watched 15 or 20 blacks hit in a row. Like eventually you think, oh, the law of averages, this is going to balance out. But sometimes it just doesn't. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm looking at this thinking about the, the U.S. team winning in. And on on Euro soil here, and I'm like, okay, not 30 years since we won. They're like, eventually they're going to do it. But you know what? We said that in 2003, or I guess it would have been 2004 because it was in 2002. But and we've said it 10 years after that, and then now here we are, 30 years later, and we're still saying it's got to bounce. So I, you know, like you got to just look at how they played in the history and like, okay, they're good over there. You know, I don't care what the law of averages say, you know, somehow it's skewed to, to the euros when they're playing over there. They just, they, they just, they really feed off of that energy more so than, than we do over here for whatever reason, at least they have in the past. 
Yeah, they have in the past. I think that's starting to change a little bit. I think our guys are embracing it a little bit more. And luckily, because a lot of these guys are so new for our cup teams, they don't have the scars. <laughs> you know, I think what Jordan's played on two road Ryder Cups. Uh, Ricky's played on three road Ryder Cups. And then it's like Brooks, JT might be the only other ones that have played a road Ryder Cup. Yeah, you're right. So it's like, I've only done this once. We yeah, won the recent one, so why can't we just do it again? Yeah. Uh, so I think that helps as well. You know, I think course setup, you know, everyone wants to make a big deal. The home team gets to do course setup, course setup. These teams are the same now. They all play American golf. The This isn't a rollback discussion, but all the players are the same now. They all hit it long. They all hit it straight. They all flush their irons. Seems like all these guys are kind of questionable putters. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. You know, it's not like these are Euro Tour players. I mean, 11 of the 12 Euros play at least part-time on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So it's it's they all kind of play the same way now. So there's no real, to me, like, oh, well, yeah, they're, you know, the Americans are long and crooked. And, you know, we talked about the languages last week. And the Euros are are short and straight. No, they're pretty much all the same. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like we're playing a, a specific, like, you know, heavy-duty link-style golf course that is yeah. – or conducive for the Euros to play well because they're used to that or the conditions. I mean, for the most part, I think the conditions are going to be relatively nice, right? Yeah, especially like like mid-80s. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're calling for rain or anything, but it's not going to be like 55 rain and wind, you know? Yeah. So all these guys live in America now. I mean, you know, it's just... I, I think they're kind of overhyping the, the course setup and, you know, what's the strength for... Um, you know, for one one side or the other, I I think it's gotten to the point, like you said, they play so much golf together and they all play all over the world. It's like, okay, I mean, it's pretty even for, for whatever players the U.S. have uh, has that you know plays a certain style golf course. The, the the European team has the exact same number of guys that have played the same the same courses. So, uh oh, we got a visitor here. Do we have a we have a visitor? Boys. Oh, here he is. You there, McLean? Hello? I'm here. I'm driving. I've got 45 minutes between storage units. I knew <laughs> you guys were in it. And I was like, you know what? I got I got to call in. This is a big episode. I hate that I've missed the majority of it. You tell me where you are and I'll pick it up. We're, we're, we, we haven't gotten into the specific. We're just kind of all over the place. Just general thoughts on uh, the U.S. team, Euro team. It's going to be close. You know, Euros are top heavy. Americans have the depth, you know, golf course fit, scar tissue, no scar tissue. You name it. We're kind of been all over the place. So well, what are your thoughts? Matchup, we've got a tough matchup. <laughs> the uh, European team is, is a very good squad. They historically play very well on home soil, as we all know. Um You've got the likes of Victor Hovland leading the squad with his play currently. Uh, a guy in the form of John Rahm, who can certainly turn it on, I feel, is a great match play player. The U.S. team's definitely stacked when you look at the ranking side of things. But when it comes down to it, 
we've got to be able to go out there and get it done. We've historically not done it on European soil. And it's going to be a very tough victory for us this week. I obviously am pulling for the red, white, and blue. But as a member of the media, I have to acknowledge both sides and what we're up against. Yeah. No, I, we, we agree. We, we kind of said the exact, we were just talking about the exact same things. Yeah, we just, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty even match, I feel like. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to come down to those last couple of matches on Sunday, which will be fun for us as fans. I mean, and, and we, we want to watch. I mean, I, I think it's more fun outside of, you know, the U.S. just dominating and winning on European soil for the first time in 30 years. If it if it were a U.S. win that came down to the very end, I mean, we would re- we would remember it, which would make it a cool event. You know, be like, oh, I remember when we finally won after 30 years. I mean, there's plenty of people that are watching you know, this, this tournament that have, you know, obviously never seen the U S win and that we're not alive the last time the U S I mean, which is kind of crazy to say, you know, um, that, that you, you never seen the, the U S team win on, on European soil. Like you haven't even been alive since this happened. And and some of these people are close to 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping at least just for a close one. Cause if you look at the last four Ryder cups have been pretty much blowouts. On, on both sides. So obviously 19 to 9 last year. And 2018, 17 and a half, 10 and a half for Europe. 2016, 17 to 11 for the USA. 16 and a half, 11 and a half in 2014 for Europe. Like the closest last one we had was 2012 when the US gagged the lead at Medina. And that was 14 and a half, 13 and a half. So we're due for a like. Hey, this is actually going to come down to like match eleven, match twelve on on Sunday. So I'm I'm hoping for that. Just as a as a viewer, obviously I'm hoping the U.S. comes out on top. But I just want that that feeling in my stomach and my nerves watching it. I can't imagine what they would be going through. But you know, we we kind of got it enough. You guys watched the Solheim Cup this past week, but that was tight. It was eight eight going in the singles. It was kind of bouncing all over the place on Sunday. Came down to the last few matches, you know, um, that has a big flip there. Caroline Headwall flipped Allie Ewing. She was, Allie Ewing was three up with six to go and lost the match and essentially was enough points to get a tie and retain the cup for Europe. And so I want something like that, you know, mm-hmm. coming down the stretch here. And I, I think, I think we're going to get it this year, uh, just with how strong the top part of the Euro is, how well they're playing, being on, on home soil. So I hope, 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 hope that's what we get. But no, I, I agree. I mean, we all want to see that dramatic effect. There's there's a part of us that wants to see the US just absolutely, you know, landslide it and, and um, you know, smoke them. But on the back side of that, you know, it leaves a lackluster Sunday. And from a fan side of things, you want to have that dramatic effect to it. So if we can if we can play well, and I do agree, I think this is going to be a close Ryder Cup. I think the Euros have obviously had the benefit on home soil, which they'll have again. I think we have a very strong team in place in the U.S. Um, so I think those two can kind of offset one another and ultimately provide us some uh, some drama and some flair when it comes to Sunday. So my hopes are is that you know it comes down to a couple of the singles matches. We get to see some of that. Uh, drama unfold and um, you know we can end up hoisting the trophy for the first time in 
you know, as we as we already mentioned, thirty years uh, on uh, on European soil. Hey, McLean, I got a question for you. What are you drink? What are you drinking? Shoot. Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. Nothing. Thought I'd throw it out there. Good um, answer. I wish. I wish I was. <laughs> uh, I am currently driving through downtown Nashville with a U-Haul trailer behind me, full of uh, all sorts of golf goodies, and uh, getting ready to go unload it in another trailer or in another storage unit. And then I've got to go re- return a store. Uh, um, a U-Haul trailer, which I'm hoping if I can get home sometime around 11 or 1130, be a plan. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome night. Just, Sounds great, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. The life of a golf rep, man. There you go. And, and, and you pros say we don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Lugging shit all over the place. Sit by. All kinds of merch. Uh, so I did. I did see an interesting stat today. Uh, the guys with Data Golf, as far as the percentage of who was going to win, so they gave the U.S. a forty. I don't know how the exact percentage is in front of me, but it was like a forty-nine percent chance for the U.S. to win, a forty-two percent chance for the Euros to win, and then what does that leave a nine percent chance of a fourteen-fourteen tie? So that number has come down a lot. Um, it was a lot, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was a lot wider of a gap between the two squads months ago, you know, six months ago. So they believe the data people believe that it, this is getting a lot, a lot closer than we would have thought a while ago. Who is, uh, who's your, your y'all's top point getter? Um, all right, you want to start getting into some predictions here a little bit? All right, so let's let's start here. Let's start here because I think some of these things might give away our prediction. What's your prediction on the on the give me who wins and predicting final score first? Gosh, uh, you want me to go first? Sure. And I I'm obviously pulling for the US. I have a feeling that the Euros will retain the cup. I'm not saying they'll that they'll win I'm, the cup. They'll win the cup. The, I mean, I'm sorry. They'll win the cup. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna win. McLean. Yeah, I gotta agree with Jay. Um, I feel like the Euros win it. I feel like it's gonna be a lot closer. Uh, obviously, I'm pulling for the Americans, and my hope is that you know we're able to the hoist that trophy. But um, I just feel like we gotta go off historical data. Look at what they've done on home soil. We know the European crowd. Um, it's going to be behind them. You know, being in Italy, it's going to be a little bit of a different crowd than I think what we've seen in a while. You know, anytime you're in Scotland, England, uh, Ireland, I feel like the crowd is maybe a little bit rowdier. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what the Italian contingent um, puts behind it. I know they're very passionate people. I know they get behind their football a good bit. So that that's yet that's to be determined on what part they play in these matches you know if they're a little bit more subdued you might want to lean a little bit more on the american but historically they travel pretty well um especially in europe i mean you know a a flight from you know heathrow to um, rome is like a flight from you know new york to atlanta it's not as big a deal as it is for the americans to get over there so 
we know that they're going to have the crowd on their side. And my big thing is trying to figure out, you know, what part are they going to play in these matches? So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But as, as where I sit right now, I think the Europeans just squeak it out. Okay. Wow. Two Euro picks. Yeah. Yeah, part of that, uh, you know, we talked about it a little earlier, Mike, but with the terrain and how tough it will be and whether or not their big dogs can kind of hang in there. I do think there's a little bit of that adrenaline factor with the crowd kind of cheering you along. Um, I feel like, you know, your your top guys can probably they can make it and be fine and, and play it at, at a top level. And, you know, on top of that, too, you can also. Even if you do play all uh, five matches and you know four matches on uh, Friday and Saturday, if you're playing well and you're winning some of these matches early, uh, then you're not playing a full you know 36 holes every day. So there is, a, or you say you do have a one match where you get you know you get bounced on, and you lose you know with four or five holes to go, and then you win four or five holes up the the hole early. You're only playing 27 holes. I mean, it's not that that's not that big of a deal for these guys. I mean, yeah. They walk 18 holes, if not more, and practice and then go to the gym after. Like they're they're used to to it a lot. All right. So there was a part of me today that was gonna come on this podcast and predict a 14-14 tie. US retains the cup. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it now that you both picked the Euros. Someone's gotta pick the United States. United States. I, we all want, obviously. I, I would love to be wrong here. I'm just uh, just making. So, my- I'm gonna say this is where I was leaning. I was I kind of wanted to pick a fourteen fourteen tie, but I'm gonna say U.S. fifteen thirteen comes down to the late. late um, they edge it out. Their their depth, I think, just becomes too much for the Euros to handle, and they're gonna get it done on foreign soil. So feeding on that prediction, I think this is kind of cool because we've only got four guys playing. If it does come down to those last, you know, may, maybe match, you know, 10, 11, 12, who is the big player for the U.S. that gets it done? Give me your top two or three guys that, that are in that position. I mean, so I'll give you my MVP, which will be a little off the board, I think. But obviously, I think the two two guys that are going to play a huge role for the United States are Cantlay and Xander. Yeah. Um, they've got a good rapport. They they got their best friends. Their record together is awesome. They got games that travel to any kind of golf course. There's really no major weakness with, with either of them. Speaking of, before you keep going, how are, who's best friends with Patrick Cantlay? Xander. I know. Just like, what? This is terrible, but like I don't know anything about the guy. He's so quiet. Like I'm like, what do you, what do you what about you makes somebody want to be best friends with you? Just because you don't say anything or you don't do anything? Like he seems like he has no he's no emotion, no opinion, other than that he's going to keep playing slow because he doesn't care what anybody thinks. But like I don't know, maybe that's just his persona on the golf course. But I'm like, what, what is this guy like? I, I wish think I'd he's got a little more- bit of a dry wit. They both, even Xander said today in the press conference, he's like, yeah, we both kind of have a dry wit to us. And then Cantley was like, yeah, you know, Xander's so positive and I'm not, you know, it kind of balances us each out a little bit. He's like Eeyore, Patrick uh- Cantley. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think they're going to have to play a big role. I could actually maybe see them both of them playing five matches. You know, if someone's going to play five on the on the U.S. side, I don't think the U.S. side has to. They have that luxury, but 
Yeah. And it's for them. If they're playing well, I, I would think that that tandem has the best chance to win four those four, you know, four summer four ball, four ball matches on Friday and Saturday uh, and play all four and, and possibly win all four. I mean, I think that's our best. That's our best pairing. Um, and then, you, you know, obviously you got Jordan and Justin Thomas and we're we're we're, we're still waiting to you know see how Justin's going to handle it. If he's playing well, then that's an incredible pairing, too. This this will give away one of my picks, but who I think will end up the highest point getter for the U.S. team is going to be Max Homa. Four, he was four in the last Ryder Cup that he played in. I think he just got a game for this. He again doesn't have really any weakness. You can pair him with anyone in any format. Um, I think I think he becomes the highest point getter this year. I think you could see another four and zero performance from him. Um. I think he thrives off this this stuff. He he talked about how much fun he had at the President's Cup, and uh, I I like Max Homa to have a big week for the United States team. I, I I agree. I've got him. I've got him in my in my picks as well. I think he the, the golf course kind of sets up for for him too. I think the the tougher for the most part they're saying it's a relatively tough golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, the tougher the golf course, the better that guy plays, um, and. I have a feeling that he's going to he's going to show up. Yep. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, think, go ahead, go ahead McLean. I one, I can guarantee an American victory if I just bet the Euros because that's how bad <laughs> I am at sports betting. Uh That was that was my thought too. Like let's just let me let me pull uh, uh, uh what is it? Shit. I can't think of it. Pull um I can't name it. Just what do you call that? Uh, like a not a reversal. What the what the hell? Reverse you can, psychology. Yeah, reverse. Jeez, <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, I was like that. that I was thinking the same thing. Like, Let me just say the Euros, and then I'd love for people to give me shit about this. And and U.S. wins. I'm like, oh, well, actually, I got what I wanted. <laughs> right, right. I am interested to see how JT plays. You know, him and Jordan have historically made a great team in this uh, in this event, uh, in any team competition. I think JT has a chip on his shoulder. And when that guy is backed into a corner, it's going to be interesting to see how he fights his way out. I, I really do think that he plays well this week. Um, I think he wants to get out there and and show why he was picked more than anything else. I just think that... He is as motivated as any one person um, on either team. So I do think that he plays well this week. Um, I think the Euro squad will probably doubt him a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think he plays well. Um, I agree with the Max Homa pick. Um, I also think Brooks Kepka is going to play well. I think Brooks Kepka is going to be a, a, a high point getter. Um, I think yeah, he's, he's a, the, I think guy. he's the biggest question mark on the U.S. team. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm, I'm with you, um, but I, I think he's, he's also got a chip on his shoulder, and he's got something to prove. And in this format, when it's match play, that's when you can go out and be a dog. Um, and I think, I think he, I think both of those guys, Brooks and JT, are going to have great Ryder Cup matches. I like it. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about a, uh, what about a surprise player that no one's talking about that might perform? 
Colin? Uh, you say Colin? Colin, yeah. I, I think um I think Fleetwood's gonna play uh, have a yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's kind of in the middle of the pack. You know, I don't think a whole, a whole lot of people are, are talking a lot about him, but um I do think he's going to have a solid week. You know, I don't think I don't necessarily think he's going to be the top point getter. He he could very well could be, but he's he's played well and and the match play format in the past. Um, so I mean, did he go did he go five and zero oh in the last the last uh, article? No, Francesco Molinari went five and zero, oh, and he was uh, part of. And he was he was paired with Fleetwood. I, think, I don't know if either Fleetwood went four and zero oh or four and one that Ryder Cup. Uh, they were paired together, and you know they had that great little thing after where they woke up in bed together with the Ryder Cup. You know that little social media video, which was just awesome. Um, um, but yeah, again, I, I think that uh, it would not surprise me if uh, if he had another strong week. It just he's one of those players too, like. You know, the guy who just drives it well is a great iron player. It's like, and and he's actually, you know, statistically speaking, he's been with even with this crazy grip in the last year and a half, he's putted really well. Um, and you know, again, that guy that just you think you got him, you know, he's probably not hitting as far as you know most of those guys, but if you drive him, I'll drive him about twenty yards, and you've got a and you know an eight iron, and he's got a six iron. And all of a sudden you look up and he just hit that six iron or 10 feet. And you're like, well, damn it. I better hit this eight iron to eight feet. And you don't. And then here you are, you know, you're playing an even match with this guy because he's just kind of, you know, playing that, that kind of match play mentality. I'm like fairways and greens, fairways and greens, fairways and greens, make my par putts, make my par putts. A couple of birdie puts drop in. Somebody gets nervous and, and, you know, you know, makes a bogey in a hole. I'm one up and not doing anything special, just making pars. Um, so and it's kind of very similar. I think Fleetwood and Max Homa are like, in my opinion, the same kind of guy on mm-hmm. both squads. I think they're going to be those really solid kind of grinder kind of players. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you've got your high powered guys with, you know, Rom, Rory and and uh, Hovland on the European side. And and then I would probably put you know, based on the way that they've played together, Cantlay and 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 Xander, and then you still have to throw Scheffler up there because he's he's so damn talented. So you know it it's it's pretty evenly matched. I, I really do think it's pretty evenly matched. All right, so we talked about MVP. What about LVP? Who do you think could be? the one holding the losing team back, the guy that just has a, an awful week, just like, man, he played poorly. Yeah. I think I, I, as much as I like the guy, I don't think, and I, I may be wrong. I may hate these words. I don't know if Bob McIntyre is going to have a good week. He hasn't been in current form. Uh, he was playing good there for a little while, but as of recent, he hasn't played quite as well. Um, I think he could end up, you know, being in his first match, a lot of pressure. He wants so bad to do well. Um, but I think it's going to be tough for him. So I'll give you two names. Uh, and you could easily say, these, these are two names that people might not expect me to say. You, you could easily say Nikolai Hogard, Seb Straka, Bob okay. McIntyre. Right. <laughs> I think on the Euro side, you, you have to look at two guys, Matt Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry. Uh, yeah. Neither neither of their form has been great this year. Their Ryder Cup records are not good. 
Fitzpatrick got goose egged two years ago. Uh, Shane Lowry only won one point two years ago. So, uh, you know, they got to show me something. You know, didn't didn't do much in their last performance in the Ryder Cup and haven't shown me much recently. And I know stroke play, stroke play is different. It, It can can do different things, but uh, I think those are two two guys that need to play well for Europe. Those are kind of the swing players in my mind because I'm I'm expecting Rory, Rom, Hovland. I think Fleetwood's their fourth best player. Hatton. I think those five guys play a lot and play well for yep. Europe. And then it's like, okay, what can we get from Lowry, Fitzpatrick, Aberg, or kind of their next three? In my opinion, that they're 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 going to need to play a lot and play well. I agree with Fitzpatrick. He just doesn't strike me as, you know, a gritty player, a good player, without question. But just doesn't strike me as someone who's going to go out there as a dog and fight his way to, you know, collecting points. I think he's a guy that lets stuff come to him, which is good in stroke play. You know, he's very patient, very subdued, um, but not someone who I think goes out there and just, you know, gets gritty gets into it and, you know, gets it done. Yeah. yeah. I'm from each, each side that kind of jumped out. I mean, Fitzpatrick was one of those, those players sent, agreed with both of you guys. Um, the other on the European side is of a, a veteran uh, is Justin Rose. I mean, he's mm-hmm. played a ton of these and, I just, there's something about Justin Rose when it, 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 as of late. And I just feel like if things are going well, then he'll ride it and he'll, you know, he'll play well and he'll win, you know, three or four matches. If he gets off to a rough start in the beginning, he's going to fucking throw in the towel and he's going to quit. Cause that's, I've seen him do it over and over. And I do like Justin Rose, but when it comes to something like this, when shit gets hard, he's like, nah, I'm out. I don't need it. I got plenty of money. I'm in a good spot. I'm 43 years old. I'm just doing this just for fun. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. And and I could easily see him doing that. Um, and from on the European side, outside of Justin Thomas, we all know he's a question mark in my opinion. I do think he still probably plays well just because he, you know, or relatively well, just because he's, he's going to spend a lot of matches with a player that he's super comfortable with. And, and that, that in itself can, can certainly help. Um, I I think Brooks Kepka is a question mark. Like I he's kind of very similar to Justin Rose in the sense that if he really wants to do well and it's a big deal for him, he's gonna he's gonna play well and he's gonna dominate. But if if he kind of gets off to a bad start and loses a match, he's like, you know what, it's just an exhibition. I don't care, whatever. You know, I, I could easily see him doing that too, which it sucks that you got guys on the team that have that attitude. Um, and I, again, I'm I'm just going off of what I've seen him do in the past. Yeah. Uh, he could think about that differently internally. I'm sure he probably does. But um, those those two those two guys from each side um, kind of jump out at me um, as as guys that they're kind of they they they're, they're tiered players or they're they're the guys that can like you said Mike can can make or break the team because you're gonna have to have a lot of the guys play well and they're kind of those mid grade guys that they're like hey these guys have experience I'm expecting these guys to do well and if they don't do well then that really puts us behind the eight ball um, so we'll see 
But you, you're right. All those guys at the bottom, the rookies like Sam Burns and Hogard and uh, Harmon and Straka. And I, the one player that I think is going to probably play better, I think he only plays maybe three matches, would be Brian Harmon. And it would not surprise me if he wins all three matches. Yeah, like he's that pretty guy, very similar to like uh, like we were saying about Fleetwood. Um, they just he just hits the ball well, drives it in play. He makes putts when he needs to make putts, and he's that guy that just he's like that little gnat that you just can't you can't kill, and he's just he's always there. So, yeah. uh, two two quick things before we get to our DraftKings picks here. Do you guys think there's any? significance to the order they put these guys out in in certain matches who goes first who goes second who goes fourth who you know and then singles who's who's up first who's out last do you think that really matters because it's not it's not like the president's cup where they get to respond to the other captain putting you know they put a name out and then the other captain responds in the Ryder cup it's blind you just set your order and, and put it out so you don't know who you're going up against you can try to find out rumors and whispers and who's going to do what and think, okay, historically, you know, like historically the U S puts out Spieth and Thomas first. They've done it a lot. Do they do that? They historically, they have put Cantlay and Xander last. Do you, you guys take any stock in any of that or is it just kind of overblown? I, you know, I think, I think a little bit of, a little bit of it depends on where you're playing too. Like, is it, is it in the U S or is it, is in Europe? I think that, you want to put your best and strongest, most confident players off first when they're playing uh, overseas. I feel like it's like okay, let's get off on a good, good step here, good first, good first step in the tournament. Not that you wouldn't want to do that in the U.S., but you could easily, you know, backfill those last couple spots with your with your heavy hitters, and you know that the. You know that the U.S. Uh, the crowd is on your side, so they're going to be cheering for the some of these rookies that you may have to play in, in some of those first matches. So I feel like when you're on the road, and I, I, there's even a prop bet on who hits the first tee shot, and it's Jordan Spieth. You know, it's going to be Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth playing together in that first match, and you know for certain it's not going to be Justin Thomas with the first tee ball, like this far off line as he's been hitting it, it's, it's going to be Jordan Spieth and and then they're going to roll. Um, and, and they, cause they, they've played in front of those guys. They, they, they feed off of it. But, but in terms of the singles matches, uh, I do think it makes a difference. And I think it's completely situational and where you are going into that final round. If you're, if you need a hail Mary, then you're going to pull your big guys, a lot of your big guys off first and you're going to put some of the, you know, a couple of the good players off last to try to, if you do get in the position, you can, you have somebody there, but outside of that, if it's a pretty close match, you're going to, I think you're going to backfill those spots with, with your best players on the back end of it. If it's close. Um, okay. It does. I hear I, an interesting stat too, or a, a take on the golf course and how, especially when it comes to the foursomes, the alternate shot is Jamie Kennedy uh, on Twitter, who's a golf statistician. He says, looking at the golf course and the numbers, you're going to want to put your best ball striker hitting that first tee ball because they're going to actually have more approach shots the way the par threes, the par fives work. They're going to hit more approach shots. And the guy who hits the second shot on number one, is you want that guy to be the better putter because they're going to be hitting more of the birdie putts. So you'll kind of, you'll just kind of curious to see how they, these teams see their own players when you look at that first session. 
I'm sure that they're they're you know Zach and his team they've they've been they've looked at that and they've I mean they probably overanalyzed all that shit. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny that's it, and it makes a difference. Like you can't just kind of ho hum it out there. It's like okay, I gotta I'm playing these holes. Like I need to be ready to go, and these holes don't look good to me. I don't want to hit a tee ball in this hole, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or or you take your shorter hitter, you know, on a par five. It's like okay, do I want you know, Brian Harmon hitting the tee shot on this par five that's 600 yards. Um, no, I want, you know, Scotty Scheffler to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, hey, I got a job. I enjoyed it. All right, we'll, McLean. I'll catch up with you guys on picks. But, uh, yeah, I got a job. I'll catch up with you guys. All right. Thanks, bud. Later, buddy. So here's a question. Actually, this would be a, a interesting question to ask McLean, but he's gone. Maybe I should have asked this a few minutes ago. The whole golf ball uh, in foursomes. So there's a new rule, newer rule. I'm not sure when this went into play, but they don't have to pick one golf ball for the whole round. Just for the hole. Just for the hole. And it doesn't have to. It used to be odds and evens. So and that's what the big kerfuffle was back in 1991. I forget the scenario of was was Seve, probably Seve and Jose Maria involved uh, is my guess. Uh, I think it was Azinger as well. Go figure. Uh <laughs> What are you they trying to say? <laughs> they, one of them, you know, thought the other one was was switching the golf balls around, and it was supposed to be odds and evens. Now they can actually choose per hole, right? So relative to, I think most of the time it it errors to the guy hitting the approach shot, the second shot, the iron shot, you know. So obviously that's going to change if it's a par four versus a par three of what golf ball you're choosing. But do you take any stock in? Golf Channel had some of the the practice round pairings, and they're like, "Oh, well, we think these two guys are going to play together." And foursomes, they also play the same ball from the same manufacturer. You know, does that matter at all? I mean, I th- I think it does. I mean, again, I don't think you're not going to pair a players together, and and maybe maybe you will. I mean, if if you're if you're on the fence, and if you've got say you you've got one player that likes to play with these two guys, but the one guy plays the same ball. I mean, that's a no brainer, you know, but I, you know, again, I look at, so they, they all have a urethane cover, but the, the feel I think is drastically different between let's just say a, a Titleist and a tailor made have very similar, in my opinion, for the most part, feel and look, um, you know, one may say, oh, it's a little harder, but but I think they're dra- drastically different than like a Bridgestone ball or a Strixon ball. Uh, I think those are, and I say drastically different when you when you're talking about an elevated top tier ball. I think yeah. they are much different. And I think if you've got somebody who's playing uh, a Callaway ball, a Chrome Soft ball, that's that's big big difference because mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of players probably wouldn't prefer to play that. I know you've got John Rahm and a, you know a few others. I guess who is uh, on the U.S. side who's using that the Callaway ball? Oh, Cantlay, Sam, Sam Burns. Yeah. So, um, and well, so Cantlay and Xander like that ball, so that's probably easy for them, right? Doesn't Xander plays the Callaway ball, right? Oh yeah, sorry, I misspoke. Xander plays it, not Cantlay. Cantlay yeah. plays the Titleist. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think he was a Callaway guy. That'd be yeah, weird. Sorry. Style, but um, yeah, I mean, it does. I think it personally, I think it's more important um, off the tee and then chipping and putting. And I know they, they say that with the, the iron 
iron play, but I, I feel like it's it's not as prominent with an iron as it is to a driver. Like if you got a, if me and you went and played, and I like to play the Titleist, um, the the Pro V One, and you like to play the X, like that we're talking four four hundred five hundred you know uh, mile per hour or revolution per minute in terms of spin. I mean, that's a that's a lot. Yeah, Not but really. I feel like it, because you're trying to hit an iron a certain distance, if you're playing it with your ball, you're going to be dialed into that that distance. We're off the tee. As long as you can keep it straight, if it goes eight yards shorter just because of the spin rate's not quite right, okay. Yeah. But if you're trying to figure out a new yardage with your irons into the green. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, and, I, that's or, the, or the spin rate of a ball into the green, that could... Yeah, I th- I don't think it's as big of a difference, in my opinion. I mean, I, that's just my ex- experience hitting different balls. Like when I've hit balls into the green, my yardage is—I mean, you're talking like a yard or two max. But that's when you're swinging at 120 miles an hour. You know, you're talking 10, 12 yards. Sure. The tee. So, um, that would, and then then not only that, but if you got one ball that spins a lot more, now you're you're you could be hitting it. You know spinning it, getting up in the air, you know, hanging a ball, you know, if there's any wind or any, anything like that. So it, it seems to be a little bit more of a, of an issue off the tee, but again, and then you have the chipping and the putting, um, putting I think is probably not as big of a deal. Like every ball is going to putt pretty well. It's, it's all round. It's going to roll good, but chipping and fe- having a, having that feel and knowing like there's little delicate feel shots. You're like, I know when I hit this, you know, this little chip shot off of a tight lie, I'm going to get a lot of spin. Whereas another ball, you may not get it. And that can throw you off That's, a little bit. Yeah, a lot. The, chipping, the chipping in off the tee are, are, would be, in my opinion, the biggest thing. And these, so it, these guys are going to hit some balls on the driving range. They're going to yeah. know who they're playing with. They're going to hit some balls on the driving range with a track man and they're going to adjust. Okay. I know my seven iron goes two yards less. Yeah. With this ball, my driver spins a hair more. You know they're gonna they're gonna know by the time they tee off. It doesn't take long for these guys to adjust a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. The technology now, it's like, okay, give me your ball. Let me let me like one practice round. I'm good. Like I'm like, okay, I know I have to hit hit it off the tee this way. Uh, I have to hit my irons, you know, this way with with this ball and this little shot that I normally play with my Titleist doesn't do the same when I'm using the Bridgestone. You know, I've got to do it this way. And then like, okay, I'm ready. You know. They're so in tune with, you know, what they can do uh, with their own ball and their own own equipment, and you know that little bit of an adjustment they'll be able to pick up on it quickly. All right, let's do our picks, and I'm sighing because I think we're going to have the same fucking team based off this conversation we've had tonight. I think there's probably going to be some similar ones for sure. All right, who wants to go first, me or you? I'll do it. I'll do it. And and I'm I think my I may surprise you a little bit. I had to make a couple, I had to make a couple switches. Um, I'll start kind of at the bottom, um, just because it it kind of matched up. 4600 bucks. Uh, Mr. Brian Harmon again at that price point. I think he's the strongest player on the bottom tier when it comes to match play format. I think he's a great, great foursome partner. Um, and a great four ball partner. I mean, just he's the steady Eddie. You pair him with with uh, you know, one of our bombers, uh, even like a Scotty Scheffler or something like that. I mean, those guys would they'd kill it. Um, both both southeastern boys, I think that would uh be a good a good pairing. But 
Um, then I'm going with the the rookie for from Europe who's playing great. Uh, Sixty four hundred bucks. This guy's just on fire. So again, maybe four matches out of Lud- Ludwig Aberg, um, and I think he plays really well. Um, uh, then I kind of get into the meat of my lineup, who I think is like these are the pivotal players of the week. We've talked about him. I think he's going to have a great week. Max Homa, seventy six hundred bucks. Um, then jump right into Xander Shoffley, 8,200 bucks. I think they're both going to play five matches and I think they can win four matches a piece. Um, and then I go, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's split down the middle. Um, but my heavy hitters are favored to the Euros. Uh, I just think that Victor Hovland's playing really good and I've got him at 8,800. And then I try not to overthink this. I, the best, the best player in the world is, is Rory McIlroy, and he's my captain at 14-4. And I think he plays all five matches, kind of to the point that we were talking about earlier. I don't think the the course, the terrain um, is going to make a difference. This guy's super fit. He can play 36 every day if he needed to and would be, and he'd be ready to go. And he absolutely loves this golf tournament. Like he said that it is the greatest event that he plays in multiple times. I mean, I'm the guy cries every single Ryder cup. So, I mean, he absolutely loves it. He wants to play well, which I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that he would play well. So um, there you go. That's my squad. We have five of the six guys. <laughs> you didn't pick Rory. Nope. I picked Rory. You did pick Rory. I, I picked Brian Harmon for the reasons you said. I think he's going to have a, just a nice, solid three-point Ryder Cup. I picked Ludwig Aberg. I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's going to be paired with Victor Hovland, who I also played, because I think he's a stud and going to play five rounds for the Euros. I picked Max Homa because I told you he was going to be the MVP and the highest point getter, so you have to have him on my team. Yep. I went with Colin Morikawa over Xander, and that was back and forth between the two. I had multiple iterations, and um, and then I went with uh, Rory McIlroy as my captain because he's playing all five. So it's almost the exact same fucking team. And I, I could make it the exact same if I wanted to. I had the $200 to put Xander on there, but I'm going to keep it this way just so we have one guy that's different at least. <laughs> you have at the top. Yeah. You have Harmon, Aberg, Homa, Hovland, and and Colin Morikawa. Morikawa. Yeah, because I think he's going to get paired with Homa a lot. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be a, a stalwart team for the Americans. And Morikawa's got a great uh, cup record. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I knew it. I, I knew it. The way you were talking earlier, the way I was talking earlier, I'm like, we like a lot of the same guys this week. Oh. The, the probably the most popular pearsome or pearsome. <laughs> Sounds like something McLean would say. Uh the most popular pairing is probably uh I would think with history is Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. And I think uh, really the only reason I shied away from both of them is just with the uncertainty with how Justin Thomas is playing now. Oh, you know, we he's played really well. I mean, I would say he's probably the, the most decorated Ryder Cup player in terms of wins and losses, or the, I shouldn't say decorated, most successful of any of the U.S. players. Um, his record is the best anyway. 
but he that's when he was playing really good golf when he was playing well in those Ryder Cups he was a you know top 10 top 15 player in the world so um it's not quite the same at the moment so yeah. but we'll see you never know you get into the right you know, the right setting and you turn it on when you you know when you like an event like that so and if it's if it's comfortable for you so um yeah well i guess i'm rooting for uh, xander and you're rooting for it's like a one on one v1 yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're with Colin and I'm with Xander. So we'll just see what happens. So that's it. We'll see who, who McLean gets. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Cause we didn't, we talked up, you know, I don't know why I didn't put him on my team. Exactly. I don't really have a reason, but you know, can't lay in Xander. I talked them up and I don't have him on my team. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I kind of, I had had six iterations of my team and I went back to this original, this was the original six that I had picked when I first did it out of gut reaction. And then I thought about it and I had an iteration of Xander and, and can't lay on there. And then I thought about, wow, do I put, can't put Xander on there, but I'm like, well, no more cows going to play with home a lot. If I think home was going to play that well, then they're going to get a lot of points and win matches. So hopefully I'm right that they play together, but you know, I like so. Fleetwood. I had him there for a little bit, and I ended up taking him out. I had Fleetwood in there for. I did the same thing. I went through it a couple of times, and I, I feel like he's gonna he's gonna play play well. But it just did, it didn't match up with the. Yeah. I, I, I have a really, if especially me going for, I want to pull for the U.S. I, I feel like Homa. I feel like Homa. Homa plays with. He's they're gonna win, and I I feel the same with with Xander and Cantley. I feel like they're gonna win. Um, I think they can probably get eight. You know, eight points between those two guys um so but i was diversifying a little spreading out so we'll see i love it so yeah i can't wait i know it's going to be early early mornings which kind of sucks being in rome i think it starts at like one two o'clock in the morning the first matches go out friday something like that which which sucks so i may wake up earlier i'm not gonna wake up at two we all know i love coffee golf so Plenty of it this weekend, but Fun. looking forward to it. It's always uh, one of the best weeks of the year when we have it. So, yeah. Um, all right, Jaybird, that was fun. Sweet man. All right, go Xander. Go USA. Cheers. <laughs> all right, man. Later. 